Hello, my name's Taj McCameron. Are you a storyteller? The one thing I've determined that most creators are, are they're storytellers. They just try to package their story in multiple different forms of packaging. A musician is a storyteller through music. A marketer is a storyteller through advertising. A actor is a storyteller on stage. A performer is a storyteller in performance. A movie actor is an actor that tells a visual picture. Are you a storyteller? Do you have a story in your gut? Whether it's your testimony, your life story, your experiences, the thing in you that is your life. Do you have a story? What's your story? A lot of us have a story of untapped potential that we do not understand. What's story. A lot of us are stuck in dead-end jobs, in jobs that we don't want because we have to pay for the bills, feed the family, help out around the house, take care of our responsibilities. Or maybe we're in the corporate world, we've got the good job, but we feel like we're not living up to the fullest of our potential or worse we're living in the projects and poverty and we don't know how to get out there's a scream in our gut and we don't know how to get to where we're trying to go but we all have a story your story. Let me help you find your story. This is Taj McCameron from Steam to Live the Dream. Welcome to your story. different ways and different narratives on the way 
that you can tell stories. I've always been a writer, so I've always had the ability to create a suspenseful situation in the midst of a vocal conversation. I remember I was in an English class. It was the first time being in English in college. I think it was my second semester, and they asked us to state a sentence with one word or something like that and I used a word of description that created a scenario and the second that I did that the teacher turned to me and said you're a writer aren't you I said yes because I've always had the ability to create a suspenseful um auditory formula for my storytelling not everybody can do this but you have to be able to be flexible if you're an author if you're planning to be an author sometimes the best way to get your work out is to create a platform or to create and put your voice out there in such a way that people are able to hear some people do audiobooks. I've even contemplated turning my books into audios where I speak the content myself. But that can be done and I would be able to be a self-published uh, audiobook. And I've, I've been thinking about that myself. But when you're talking about creative writing, Creativity is something that you have to be able to do at the drop of a hat. You see musicians do it when they're writing music. I remember I, was, I went to a conference this weekend and in it, they, um, the woman was talking about how she had to create a song on the spot. She had about an hour and a half and her friend took her to the studio and gave her a pencil and had her write. You have to be creative on the spot. Now, sometimes we put under pressure when you aren't expecting it. You have a tendency to go back. But you have to be willing to move through that blankness. We are all creative people. It's sometimes the startlingness of our ability to be put on the spot that throws us performance anxiety a lot of performers before they go on stage are anxious to be in front of a group of people I'm going to say this I remember it was two different situations where I was one I went to church and I'd been listening to this song the night before and it was one of my uh, favorite songs by Alicia Keys and now, I had no problem going up onto the platform and speaking. This is the first time I'd ever sang any part of anything. And something had me, I didn't even sing the whole statement or sentence, but I sang one line. And when I sang the one line over the microphone, it was the first time I'd heard my 
singing voice over a microphone. It actually startled me to be exact. But when you go up in front of a group of people, you have a tendency to get nervous. I've had other scenarios where people have asked me to sing and I had to get myself in the mode to do so because it was more than one person when it was me by myself. I had no problem with it. It's almost that performance anxiety. When you are accustomed to a group of people, you're not afraid of them, you know the set of people, you don't feel judged or anything, you have a tendency to feel relaxed enough to do that. But if you feel nervous, you're newly meeting these people, you don't know them, you have a tendency to get nervous. Performance anxiety. Now, what does it have to do with storytelling? Sometimes when you're narrating, sometimes when you're speaking, you get into that performance anxiety where your mind goes blank and you don't know what to say. You don't know how to tell the story. Even if you know the, you're familiar with the work, you start to have, uh, what was the word I'm looking for? Uh, you go blank. You have trouble reading it. You start to stumble on your words. Nine times out of ten, when you hear me do these podcasts, I don't use a script. Why do I not use a script? Because it's easier for me to flow when I'm not reading. I can flow from beginning to end, whatever I have to say, and it feels natural when I'm just talking. If I was sitting here with a bunch of notes on what I was going to speak, it wouldn't sound as natural because I'd be pausing to look at what it was that I was had written down and trying to follow it, which would leave breaks, pauses, airspace, me saying um, all of these types of audible knowledge that would let you know I'm reading something. But me speaking as I am right now, I'm not reading anything. I'm just talking. I'm just flowing with you. And as a writer, as a person that may want to be a podcaster and speak the narrative, be familiar with your work. Be familiar enough with your work that you know the story back to front, that you can tell it. When I listen to people tell their testimonies and their story, they've usually told it so many times, they don't need to write it down. But they are also familiar with it because it is their story, so they can tell it because they were in every detail, because they lived it. When you're narrating a piece of work, let's say you've written a piece of fiction, for you it may be a little bit more difficult because you're not, you may not be familiar, familiar with every scene, every moment so on and so forth because it's written in the book and you didn't experience it so you may not be able to rattle it off as smoothly to someone that um, 
his familiar Yeah. But that's the fun of it. Sometimes you may not even need to have written a piece of literary work. Maybe you could create a podcast to give audible auditory in the scene that the person listening can become pulled into the scene by being descriptive of the situation and scenario that they're in. Perfect example. I'm going to do a descriptive piece right now. Ready? Go. She pulled the keys out of her pocket. She reached up to the lock. She heard the lock snap as she twisted the bolt. Opening the door, she stepped in. She dropped her bag next to the pantry. She was tired. She opened up the refrigerator and she pulled out her bottle of water. Aquafina is one of her favorites. She sits the bottle back down in the refrigerator and shuts the door. His hand is still in the center of the room, bringing forth a sigh. She was tired. The space in front of her was disorganized. She couldn't think about it. faucet, splashed water across her face. She looked tired. There were more rings around her eyes than she was usually normally accustomed to. She looked at herself. (sighs) She was exhausted. But she still had to cook dinner. A smile came across her face. 
she had gotten her culinary certificate a while ago. So she walked back in the kitchen. What could she find? She walked into the kitchen, standing for a moment. What can I eat? She opened the cabinet. It was in a form of disarray, shaking her head at the fact that it was kept so unkempt. See, she didn't live by herself. touching the boxes, she starts touching the containers. Why are all these things in here? It's too much stuff. She sees a box of cream of wheat that's sitting on the shelf amongst a bunch of other things that shouldn't be on a shelf with food. She shakes her head. <sighs> Why? She looks down. She sees some cans. Hmm. She begins to rattle them. Pick them up. Turn them around. Hmm. Pento beans. Eh. Nah. Hmm. Black beans. Eh. Nah. Hmm. Potatoes. Maybe. She puts the can back down. And walks over to the cabinet. As she walks over to the cabinet, she opens it up. On the bottom shelf next to the plates, it's rice. Hmm. Rice. She opens the freezer and sees there's vegan meat, there's some mixed vegetables. Hmm. I can make the rice with the mixed vegetables. She goes, she shuts the door. just gave you was a short story. I just pulled you into a situation where you were able to feel the main character's tiredness. You were able to feel the situation. You are able to feel whether I described the room or not that it wasn't as put together as she would have liked. You were able to feel her exhaustion, but the delight in her as she realized she wanted to cook dinner. 
You didn't know what the cabinet looked like, but you understood it were things in that cabinet that probably shouldn't have been in there amongst the food. You also were able to determine that there was a cabinet above the sink, next to the sink, that had the rice in it next to the plates. Most people wouldn't keep things like that, but it was a description. It made you familiarized with the situation, just like when she walked over to the sink and picked up the white towel and hung it back over the faucet. Little details. people like to get tons and tons and tons of detail. I have the assumption that the people that are listening to what I'm saying have a bit of an imagination of their own, so I don't give every single detail within my story concept. I give you a nice narration of an outlier or outline of enough. You know the person standing in the kitchen. You know that they picked up the towel. You know the color of the towel. You know all of these types of stuff. But I don't give you so much detail. I didn't tell you what color the cabinets were in the kitchen. I didn't tell you that the stove was black. I didn't tell you that the, the um, countertop was marbled. I didn't tell you that the refrigerator was black. I didn't tell you all the other things that were in the freezer. I didn't tell you um, every piece of furniture she passed on her way into the bedroom and every piece of furniture in the bedroom. you that your own mind when she walked into the room you painted the picture of what that living room looked like you painted the picture of what the refrigerator looked like you painted the picture of what the pantry looked like to you you painted the picture of what the bedroom living room the kitchen from your own home because that was what you could think of in that moment. That's what creative narrative writing does. It pulls the reader in to use their own imagination to get them to create the situation and scenario in their own mind. This is why when people read books, their mind tells them a better depiction of details of the story than per se a person that is 
watching the film for the first time, I always remember my mother saying that she read the book The Silence of the Lambs years ago. Then she saw The Silence of the Lambs movie for the first time and said, I didn't like it. Why did she not like it? Because her mind painted the picture of what the space, the people, the characters, everybody looked like, sounded like, appeared to be because of the way that her mind developed the details. Sometimes the void of details allots the reader or listener to paint the picture themselves. I used to write stories, and when I used to write my fan fiction, there was one key thing I did, and I did it on purpose. I would always put the person reading the story in the first position of the main character that was walking through the scene. Why? Because they then became the character. If it was a particular character that the person liked, was from that person's point of view. Everything that was done was from that person's point of view. They were the one picking up the the glass. They were the one talking to their friends. They were the one. And it gave them the ability to emotionally connect with the character in a way that they normally wouldn't. Scene by scene, whether it was a character they liked that was in the scene or a character they didn't, they became that character in that moment. And it connected them to the story. That's probably why half the time I was breaking up fights between people in the comments because they had become so pulled into the character that they were fighting for their viewpoint of the scene that they saw in their mind. Get it? So, that's one way. Then you have suspense. See, you have a suspense narrative. I will always remember I was reading a piece of fiction and it was the person they knew how to create such a detailed scenario that you could feel everything that was happening around you. It was like, give you an example. Scene, start. It had been a long day. My feet clacked on the concrete cement. Oh, it had been raining. You could see and feel the moisture in the air as you looked at the ground. It had that light, night's light dampness across the ground as I walked over to my car. It was dark. God for the lighting in the parking lot that they left the lights on at sunset and there were four lights across the parking lot. Some were obstructed by trees but I just needed to get to my car. My feet clanked on the concrete beneath me as I walked to my suburban. Now as a female we have a tendency to be a little bit more cautious at night 
because if we're traveling by ourselves, we never know what can happen. Every other night, I'm usually feeling quite comfortable, but not tonight. Tonight it felt off. Something was off in the air. My senses were alerted. I heard a who in the trees. Owls, it's nighttime. I said to myself, shaking my head, I found my car. I pulled my clicker out of my bag and the door unlocked. Safety. As I opened my door to get into my car, I saw a movement in the bushes nearby. I slammed the door shut. What was that? I immediately hit the lock. I sat still in the driver's side of my car. The only light was the light of the building ahead of me and the street lamp that was adjacent to my car. nearby. I immediately stick my car keys in the car and turn the key. But wait. My axle isn't turning. The engine isn't turning over. And that sickeningly annoying sound engine not turning. I hit the key again, trying to get the ignition to turn. Nothing. It just made that annoying, whirring sound. I knew I needed a tune-up, but tonight, I need to get out of here.
because the car's engine won't turn over, I can't turn it on and use the power in the car to turn the phone on. Huh. I checked my gas tank. I had a half a liter of gas. Well, at least I had something. the noise again. I can't move the car. My phone is almost dead. What can I do? What can I do? start to feel my heart begin to beat in my throat as I wait as I wait down into the glove compartment maybe I had one of my spare phones I opened the glove compartment fiddling through the papers when I heard a tap 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 on my window I immediately jumped grabbing my keys just as if it's something that is going to prevent anything from happening to me it's not like I had a gun I turned slowly to look at my driver's side window I breathe a sigh of relief. It's only James, the janitor from the building. I smile. I open the window, rolling it down, only to crack. Hi, James. He says, I noticed that you were trying to get your car to start because I saw the lights blinking on the front of the car. Is everything okay? Oh, yeah, I think I need a jump on my car. Like, oh, no problem. I have that in the back of my truck. Give me one second. I'll jump your car. Ah, <sighs> a sigh of relief as my heart begins to stop beating at the top of my chest. Safety. But what was that moving in the trees? I look around. What was that? He goes, comes back, taps my hood. I unlock it. He lifts it and he starts the work. He hits the cables into the right place, taps the side as I turn the rotator. Closing it, smiling, and 
comes over to my driver's side. Say, anything else you need, ma'am? I shake my head. No. I turn the car on. And it's done. I sighed in relief as he closed the hood of my car and he came around to the driver's side window and tapped. I opened the door and said, thank you so very much. You saved my life. And I looked around. Something still fell off. I looked at him and said, did you hear anything rustling around before you came to the car? He looked around himself and said, I didn't hear anything when I came up. So he started to look around. He didn't particularly see anything. And he said, I don't see anything. Then he smiled. I said, what? He smirked and pointed. I looked across the parking lot and saw it was a fox. I squinted. A fox? What is a fox doing out here? He pointed to the wooded area surrounding our complex. He said, due to the fact that we have a lot of trees and a lot of foliage out here. This used to be an area that had a lot of animals before they started to build the building complexes. So more than likely, this fox came from around this area. It's nothing really to worry about. They come out once in a while, but if you ever hear anything, that's probably what it is. But to be safe rather than sorry, Try to always come out with somebody, just to be safe. I smiled, giggling. I waved, shutting my car door, starting my engine, and headed home. End scene. Did you catch how that piece went? The whole piece of work gave you suspense gave you trauma it gave you uh, intensity it gave you concern made you wonder the moments when you heard her feet clicking on on the ground when she was headed to her car the lighting I let you feel what the parking lot felt like but I didn't give you so much detail that you couldn't imagine a parking lot that was familiar to you you could paint your own picture to what that parking lot looked like, which made it feel more real to you. The lighting and the way that the street lamps were. You could imagine the way that light hits cars in the middle of the night when you see cars under street lamps. You felt the uneasiness of being in a scenario where you feel uncomfortable because you hear something moving outside of your vehicle and you don't know can I trust that noise the relief of finding out it's somebody that you know the 
relief of being able to get what you needed from that particular person in order to know that your situation was resolved. The understanding and the revelation of what you thought could have been an issue actually was nothing more than an animal in the woods. Picking up details in order to create story structure that all of these pieces came together in a certain way that allotted you the ability to really feel out what it was, the surroundings. You painted the picture of what the office building looked like. Maybe to you the office building was a 18 floor glass beautiful gorgeous building to me though if I described to you what I was seeing I was seeing a three-floor building with glass windows and lights coming uh, from the inside out kind of reminds you of a hotel lobby on three floors where the lights are beautiful radiant orange glow with a nice lighting on the outside of the building you might have seen something different, but until I described what that looked like, you didn't know what to think that that was supposed to be. It's all up to your own imagination. So sometimes voiding the way that you pronounce or create the environment around your story allots the person hearing it to create the environment for themselves and immerse themselves into that environment. Now, if I wanted to make it more in depth, I could have made it so I knew that I had car keys. So if I had prepped the story, meaning I knew what I was going to be saying ahead of time, I could have grabbed my house keys and at the moment that she was walking with the car keys, I could have been jingling the keys in my hand to make it feel like you were listening to this happening. I could have walked over to the door and when she opened and shut the car door, I could have opened and shut the door. Uh, if I had something that made a beeping noise similar to the noise of a car beeping uh, for the clicking of the clicker to unlock the car door, I could have clicked that. Uh, adding the sound effects to the situation makes the environment feel more real. All of these things are elements that elude to a realisticness to the story that you're telling. And if you're a writer that has written a piece of work that you're trying to just take that piece of work and emote it on a podcasting platform, then this is something that you yourself. Now, here's something that's a trick. If you're going to have a story, let's say you're a nonfiction writer and you have a book, what you do is either A, you can read directly from the book 
and create the environment around the writing that you have written. Or you can do this. You can take the characters and drop them into a new environment. Meaning, you create a scenario on your podcast is something that you're not going to hear or read in the book. You don't give the fullness of the book. It's almost like creating an audio series. Have you ever seen people where they have a book, a movie that they've watched, or a book or TV show? Perfect example. My favorite TV show when I was growing up was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a series that came from a movie that actually was created by the creator of the the series, but the movie kind of was a one-off that was not popular and nobody really liked it. It bombed in the theaters and when I watched the movie, it kind of sucked badly. But when they turned it into a TV series, it was what they call a cult hit. What you can do if you're a writer, especially as a fiction writer, if you write a book, you can create a podcast that takes the same characters and you can pick up where the book left off. And you can tell, just like I emoted that entire story or both of those pieces to you, you can pick up where your characters left off. For instance, if I wanted to, I could take this and create another podcast or create a podcast series where I take any parts of the fiction writing that I've done because I have a couple fiction books that I have yet to publish. They actually were pieces that I was going to publish years ago but left because I wasn't interested in them. And I've been thinking about rebooting them and creating a new book for it. Rewriting the entire series all over again. What I could do is I could vocally created as a podcast and do the episodes as audio episodes and see where it goes anybody interested let me know but I had two different series one was a scary series and then the other was about an ethnic family that uh, had gone through that was in um, the FBI. Who knows? I might actually end up doing it. I actually end up doing a lot of the series that I love and doing them as audio podcasts. If you're interested, I might actually create an entirely different podcast just for that. We'll see. I might test it out over here because I just like the way that this flowed today. But it's a great concept. It's a great idea. 
as you can see, you can do any type of writing if you're an auditory type person. You can vocalize your stories, you can vocalize your ideas, you can vocalize your series, you can vocalize it and you can create literally an audiobook. Uh, you can, if you're a nonfiction writer, I went from narrative viewpoint just to show you how you can do a narrative. If I wanted to go from, let's say, uh, factual narration, I could come from bullet points from my own book and just give you a chapter of it or a section of it but it would be way more informative but that would be if I wanted to create a more informative podcast it's all in how you want to lay it out for informative I would want to paint the picture of what it was that I was talking about. For instance, I'm going to see if I can do a a, a mini-verb from my book. Uh, Pass... Wait. Something. I was distracted. Uh, I I could do a mini-blurb from my book Pathways to Success. Let's see. Let's start with love. Love. How many of you understand the concept of love? Love is an emotion. Love is a feeling. Love is uh, action. Love is patience. Love is kind. Love love but love is defined more so as how you view it love can be within a relationship of a mother a father a friend a lover each of these are different forms of love for me and my experiences with love instance my mother my mother was a very loving woman she was caring she was nurturing my experience with her I felt loved I felt at home I felt cared for I felt nurtured love within a relationship I was in a relationship for a seven-year period during this time period I experienced love as caring love as ups love and downs that relationship came to me during a period of time when I lost the love of my mother at the point of time with her passing that I went into. I went through 
ups and downs and dark experiences, some things that I will express, some things I may not, maybe not here. They were experiences of love. Every relationship has ups and downs with love. Love with friendship. When you meet a friend, a girlfriend, and you hit it off and you talk all the time, you laugh all the time, when you're around each other, you love to be around one another because you just have so much in common. You give each other the best advice, love. And you have sometimes there's love which is a void of it where a person shows their love because of the way that they were raised. When I dealt with fam certain family members, their void of love was their expression of love. How so? When you have an older person in their 50s, 60s, 70s, depending on how they were raised, their experiences with love will be different because the way their parents raised them. So if you notice that you have a person that has a void of love, where their expression of love is being more aggressive, more pushing you out there more I'm not going to give you accolades and loving and caring love I'm going to give you um, sturdiness and um, an air of uncaring so it's almost like you're vying for that person's love you're competing for that person's love and you're not getting it this is when you end up with people that have essence of love that uh, they are cold they're shut off they don't really have a caring aspect of love but their form of love is being harsh and hard on you it's not that they don't care they just that's what they knew that's their form of love I go into in-depth with this in my book, Passageways, The Seven Steps to Success. <clears throat> but all of these are areas where you deal with love. If you want to know more about that, you actually have to go to my book. Pick up your bed and walk. Pathways to success. So, see how that was more of an informative narration? wasn't the fullness of the detail that I wasn't reading directly from the book, but I was giving you enough information to give you, that was from that first blurb in the first section of chapter one of uh, Pick Up Your 
different forms of ways that you can do it. Now, had I wanted to create this radio show in relation to that, I could have went into that book and did a full breakdown of each and every segment, done series of episodes on that. And that was kind of my intention with this podcast when I first started it, but doing so for creatives. Now I'm starting to wonder about something new. We'll see as the episodes go further. But I did this impromptu episode as a segment that will be added to one of my courses. Storytellers. Concept concept to content to copy. This is a two-part episode that will show the person that you can do a podcast and tell your story, no matter which type of story that you have written, whether you're a narrative or you're nonfiction, whether you are suspense, whatever it is, how to tell whichever type of story it is that you're trying to tell. But that's what this episode was about. I hope that this was able to bless you. Until next time, bye-bye. Hello, this is Steam to Live the Dream, and I wanted to take this time to help anybody that may be struggling in this time and in this season. You've decided that you have an idea, you have a thought, you have something that you're ready and willing to want to get out in this season, and you need just a little bit of help to get it out there. Come reach out to me because I now have a podcasting course available that is going to help you, show you, lead you in the right direction into how to set up everything that you will need to know for setting up a podcast in this season in order to create a revenue stream that can make you money from years to come. Tap into me. This is Dean to Live the Dream. Bye-bye.